0: here with their twins. Would you welcome them as they come on up here? Hi, guys. Oh, man. Oh, hi. This is Paxton and Hazel and Danny and Jayla. Oh, my goodness. You have a beautiful family. Wow. This is great. Well, I want to read you uh, something from the book of Luke. People were bringing babies to Jesus to have him touch them. Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Now here at City Church, uh, many parents, young parents, I'll put you guys in the young parent category. Um, choose and desire to raise their children in the ways of the Lord, to know God. Um, We can't dictate the future of our children or what they're going to choose for their faith, but we can choose what we're going to do and how we raise, discipline, love, and care for them. And so uh, Danny and Jayla, I know, have um, their desire is to commit to one another before the Lord to raise their children in a godly way, in a godly home, But here's the deal. They can't do it alone. This is where the family of God, the body of Christ, the church comes in and we partner with families in raising these precious children. So think about this for a moment. At what point in time in these children's lives are they ever going to be having hundreds of people praying for them and supporting them at one moment in time? This is an amazing opportunity that we have as a church to partner with you guys and uh, to bless these beautiful, beautiful children of yours. So, uh, can I hold one of these guys? Yes. All right. Oh, sure. Give me the kicking one. All right. Oh, hi, Paxton. Yeah, what's going on? What a fine fella. Yeah. I thought Hazel might be jealous, but she's saying, good, I'm glad you picked him. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, I... I want to invite us as a church family to stand up, if you would. And um, I want to invite us to extend a hand towards this family and towards these children and towards this couple as we bless them and we extend our support for them. So God, thank you for Danny. Thank you for Jayla. Thank you for their family, for the heritage that they're coming from. Thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness. And Jesus, we are so glad of your example. You stopped the procession for the sake of the children. And you made a point to say that the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And in fact, whoever doesn't enter the kingdom of God like a child won't enter it at all. And so, Lord, this is such a pure and wonderful opportunity that we have to see the kingdom of God right here. And... um, we behold this with excitement and honor and gratitude and as we extend our hands towards this family we bless them in the name of Jesus would you give them strength and wisdom and courage and power beyond their years oh you've got it buddy and beyond their experience to do what they need to do to partner with you in raising Paxton and hazel in the ways of the lord we bless them we dedicate them we we present them to you in jesus name amen amen you guys weren't closing your eyes when we were praying all right. Pastor Joyce, come on up here. Do like Well, good morning, friends. What a wonderful day. A um, couple announcements here. First of all, if this is your very first time here at City Church, we want to welcome you. There's a Connect card in the bulletin, and it's going to be at Honey Rock Camp, and um, $110 for three days. Look in your uh, program and contact Christina Flaherty. So that's it for the announcements, except I want to announce Pastor Tom.
1: All right. Could we? Uh... Thanks, bro. Could we stand in honor of God's word? We are in a series right now on the uh, core values of City Church. They're, They're actually on the back of your bulletin. Last week was Come As You Are. Pastor Joe did a fantastic job. This week, Connect With God. Here we go. Isaiah 57, 15. For this is what the high and exalted one says, he who lives forever, whose name is holy. I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the spirit of the contrite. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you, God, for your desire to connect with each one of us. Lord, open our hearts, open our eyes. And Lord, if there's been connection problems, I pray uh, that they would be solved today, that you would, you would speak, you would reveal, you would heal so that we can fully connect with you as you desire. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. You may be seated. So God's high and holy. God lives in eternity. How do finite beings, how do unholy people connect with that God? First, I want us to consider God apart from us. When God says that He is high and holy and that He dwells, one translation says, in eternity. There is a dimension of God that we cannot touch. There's one address, if you will, that we can't get to in this life, that we can't, we can't comprehend in this life. God is set apart from us. So this week, we had a, a series of prayer meetings. Every night was a prayer meeting. Wednesday night was youth night, and we had all oh, we prayed for all kinds of youth There was a buzz in this place that because kids so many kids were in here it was like Vibrating and we could hear them talking and and kids coloring and kids were everywhere. Anyway, we get done with the night and uh, It's quite a ways after and there's people just kind of hanging out and a middle schooler grabs me as i'm walking down that aisle and he says, Pastor Tom, he says, we, he goes to ALCS, he says, we have been discussing God in Bible class, and I have a question for you. And I could tell, he's like representative of the group. And, and, and he said, we have got a question about God. What does it mean that, like, before there was even creation, where, where, where did God come from? How is it that he's always been here? I knew exactly what he was asking. The way we understand things is we, we, we look for their origins. We look for how it started. We understand where things came from. To understand something you see today, you go back to where it started, and then you can understand what it is. And so they're trying to figure out, God, how do you, how do you get back to the origin of God? And so here's what I said to him. Aren't you glad you're not a pastor? <laughs> Here's what I said. I said, buddy, I said, that, that's what makes God, God. He's the uncreated God. He's, he's been here forever. We are, we are the creation. And you can't, you can't grasp all of who God is. He's unfathomable. Because he's in a category of one Everything else has been created God alone is uncreated We can't fully ever understand him <laughs> Poor kid, I could tell he was very disappointed with that answer <laughs> It's like, mm, yeah, I don't, think, I don't think the group's going to like that answer he didn't say that. I could, it just, it, I, I could see he was hoping for a great answer. And he's just like, mm, that's not what I was looking for. And, and so here's what I said to him. I said, buddy, I said, you can either be frustrated because you can't figure that out. Or you can allow the mystery of it to cause your heart to worship, to just embrace the mystery of who God is from all eternity and just allow that to be worship. Okay. And that was the end of our conversation. Anyway. um, Acts 17, 24 through 28. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth, and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made all the nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history, and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. This is really important. God did not create us because he needed us. God is self-sufficient in himself. There wasn't something lacking in him that we somehow complete. God, was, God is a trinity and from all eternity was completely happy and joyful within himself. We were created... Not to fulfill something, but for a different reason. God, apart from us, God does not need us. Here's, po- here's point two. God's desire to connect. So I made a call this week and got permission to share this couple's story Um, a young man had a girlfriend came to me and uh, she had some women's issues and it was very questionable whether she could ever have children. And he loved her and wanted to marry her but he also wanted to have a family and you know, would God, would God heal her? Would, how does, how does this work? And I said, bud, <laughs> it, it, there is no guarantee that she'll ever be able to have children. In fact, I think you need to decide whether you, you want to marry her just for her or not. I don't think you can plan on God healing her. God is a gracious God. God is generous beyond measure. There's no, you know, he absolutely could, but you can't can't make that, like, conditional. You've got to decide if you want to marry her just for her. Nothing added. And shortly after that, he proposed to her. they're just such a joyful, happy couple just within themselves. That's the Trinity. The reason why God created us was not because he was unhappy, but because his great love and great joy wanted to share. It's the nature of love. It wants to share itself. It wants to reproduce itself. It wants to give itself away. And so last year, actually, it was about this time, we heard about the miracle that they, she had become pregnant. And uh, and they were just rejoicing. And I got, we got to go over there and uh, meet uh, they bought a house and we went over to the house to bless the house and and uh the 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 wife said i i want to show you the nursery and so we go into this nursery there's no baby yet but there's a nursery and they have been working on this thing. The, the walls are this color, and they've got a little border, a teddy bear border. There's stuffed animals everywhere. There's a crib that's been put together with a little mobile over the top. There's, it, there's diaper, diapers, and diaper pads. It's, it's, it's all coming in. I mean, everything is getting ready for this child. The nursery wasn't made for them. It was made for this child. This is creation, folks. God created all that exists for us. Because we were coming. Yeah, uh, instead of blue paint on the wall of their nursery, God made the sky blue. Instead of there being stuffed animals everywhere, he made real animals. Instead of there being a mobile over our heads so that we were entertained, God put through some stars up there. But but make no mistake about it. Even though they were excited about the nursery, the only reason they were excited about the nursery is because of that child that was coming. Because that's the nature of love and joy. It wants to share itself. And this is why you and I were created and why we're the pinnacle of God's creation. John 17 verse 3, now this is eternal life that they may know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Eternal life is a relationship. With the eternal God that's why you live forever that they might know you the word know there is the Greek word genosko it is not know about it is the word for intimacy God wants you to know him in an intimate way he wants to connect with you and in that connection you have eternal life because you become one with him and he lives forever and you live forever this is why he came this is the burning desire of the heart of God is to connect with human beings. And that brings us to point three, final point. Connection problems. The first connection problem is sin. Isaiah fifty nine, one and two. Surely the armor of the Lord is not too short to save nor his ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. So... Something very bad happened to the creation called sin. Sin, because of God's holiness of who he is, sin creates a chasm, a separation between us and God. And it's not a small separation. Sometimes human beings think that, you know, yeah, I'm God's, God's holy and and I'm unholy, but the the chasm isn't that great. And if I'm good enough, I'll be good enough for God. Or if I'm religious enough, I'll be religious enough. And of course, every religion's got a different way to get right. But some there's some answer that I can do. If I work at this thing, I can bridge that chasm. Or oftentimes, if I'm just good, if I'm just a, a moral person, Person and, and I don't try to hurt anybody and, and, and our word for moral today is sincere As long as I'm sincere to whatever I think Then certainly that will be good enough for God And that's not, that's not truth That's not how it works It's not how it works God is here and we're here And all of our efforts It's like the three guys that were racing uh, to Europe Swimming from New York one, one wasn't a real good swimmer, and he only, he only got like 100 yards. And one was an amazing swimmer, um, swam in high school and, and, and got, got a mile. And one was an Olympic swimmer, and he got 30 miles. But how many know that all of them drowned? <laughs> it's a long way from Europe. That's God's holiness and our sinfulness the answer doesn't lie with man. The answer for our sin doesn't lie with man. It lies with God. God says that I, I, I don't just dwell in a high and holy place. I also dwell with the contrite and the broken and the humble of spirit. This, this is the beginning of connection. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. To, to own that I can't make myself right with God is the beginning of connection. To own that there's nothing in me that is good enough to make myself right with God. There's nothing I can do. There's no effort I can put forth that will make me ready for God. And that all of my seeking, that God has created us and He's placed us at different times in history and t- different places on the globe, and people are 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 seeking Him and they're they're trying to get back to Him. There's a there's eternity is in our hearts. We're trying to get back, and but the, that discovery has to lead to. This this. I can't get there myself. I can't get there. I can't get to God myself. The answer to that chasm doesn't lie with us. It lies with God. Here are the the words of Jesus. Jesus answered and said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus himself Is the only Way Back to the father to make that connection That Okay just Just that one little comment there is offensive To human beings How can there only be one way That's mean How could there only be one way Well once you realize Why what Jesus Why there's only one way It makes a little more sense Because Jesus himself said, why, Father? Why is there only one way? Jesus himself in the Garden of Gethsemane said, Father, if there is another way, all things are possible with you. If there's another way to do this, then let this cup pass from me. He He was about to drink the sins of the entire world and God's punishment on sin. And he said, if there's another way... Please, Father, let this pass for me. But not my will. Your will be done. And there was no other way for a holy God to make unholy people right with him except for Jesus to become a sacrifice for us. This is 2 Corinthians 5, 21. He who knew no sin was made to be sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. That Jesus took our sins. He took our punishment on Himself so that those that forsake self-righteousness could be made righteous. That he, God could literally give us the righteousness or the right standing of His Son Jesus just based on our Trust in his finished work on the cross, this is the gospel this is this is the good news. So last week, you probably noticed that I was not here I was in uh, I was in Phoenix, Arizona, and I was doing a youth retreat i 'll actually tell you a story from the youth retreat before we 're done today, but our our good friend overseeing elder of this church, Tom Alexander pastors a church there. And so that I was down there doing their youth retreat and doing Sunday morning. Anyway, uh, we're flying. We've got a kind of Alice and I are flying. We're do Madison, Minneapolis, and then Minneapolis, Phoenix. Well, on the flight from Minneapolis to Phoenix, I sat next to a guy named Steve. He's from Minneapolis and and he, he retired from one business about five years ago, and then he started another business with a friend, and it's wildly successful. He's, he's in the construction business, and they make cement walls that have styrofoam on them for insulation, and he showed me picture after picture after picture of projects they're doing, and he's got a home in Minneapolis, he's got a home in Phoenix, and he's he goes back and forth, and, and he wanted to talk, I mean, he just wanted to talk, guess who didn't want to talk? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to be talking, I'm going to be speaking eight times in the next four days, and, but I also, I mean, part of this thing is just being available to God, and he wants to talk, so let's do this. So I tell him, I tell him I'm a pastor, and, and I said, I'd, I'd love to hear about your religious upbringing. And so he told me all about his, he grew up Catholic. I said, well, that's interesting. I grew up Catholic, and, and, and th- they are very strong Catholics. I mean, he, him and his wife went to church on Christmas Day. And that's, an, that's another level. Uh, when you're going, not just Sunday, not just Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, they were there. And b- b- been, b- their kids all were put into Catholic school, and they'd been in Catholic church and served in Catholic church for for a long, long time. And, um, and so he told me all about, about his Catholicism. And I said, I said, you know, Steve, I said, my only problem sometimes, sometimes with Catholics is a lack of assurance. And he says, well, what do you mean by that? I said, I mean this. Are you at the point in your spiritual life that if you died today, you think you'd go to heaven? And he thought about that, and he's like, Yeah. He he said, "Well, yeah. I mean, I just told you all the stuff that I'm doing, and oh, I forgot to tell you this. He had a hearing aid, so we're having to talk a little louder. Alice keeps telling me to quiet down, and I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, you know, I got to decide who I'm going to offend because (laughs) we can't talk unless we talk at a little higher level. And Alice just Alice does not know about the hearing aid; she can't see it, so she's just like." Why are you so loud? Um, <laughs> so I said, I said, it's good. I said, good, Steve. I said, if you died, let's say this plane went down, and you're standing before God, what would you say to him? What? Well, just what I just told you, that I'm a, I'm a good person, and I've gone to church, and I've given to the church, and I've served in the church, and... and uh, and so he goes, he goes through his list, and, and I'm like, "You know, bro, I, I grew up Catholic, and, and I said, "I just I really believe you are a good person. But would it surprise you if I told you the Bible has a very different way that people get to heaven?" He <laughs> put his head down a little, He said. He said, "You know?" we really personally have not read the Bible that much. And I said, would you mind? I said, I, it would take me about 10 to 15 minutes to, to write out an, a, a drawing for you about what the Bible says, how a person gets out it. I, would you, like, no, I'd, lo- he'd, I'd love to see that. So I make out the whole bridge illustration and show them the chasm and why we can't get back and that Jesus died on the cross and and that now we need to accept Christ. We need to open our hearts. We need to uh, acknowledge our sinfulness and, and, uh, and we need to give our lives to him. And then at the end of the bridge, if you've ever seen it, there's three people. And one is saying, bah, and he doesn't want anything to do with God. And one is saying, glory glory because even though he's still a human being still on this planet, he's taken his trust out of his good works, his religion and his morality and he's put his trust completely in Jesus Christ and so he, he's got assurance that he's right with God, not because he's good, but because Jesus is good and then there's a third person and he's right at the door. I said, if you had to circle one of these three, Steve, which one would you see? He said, oh, I'm the, I'm the one at the door I'm, I'm, I'm the one at the door he said, uh, he said, I know I'm no saint I said, I bet I said, you're, you're, you're raised Catholic I said, I bet you think the way To get from here to here Would take many, many years And that if you tried your hardest for about 10 years You'd get about halfway across that castle He said, yeah, that's what I think I said, well, bro I <laughs> got good news The way over is way easier than that the way over is way easier. The way to make this connection is way easier than what our minds would come up with of what it would be to get right with a holy God. He had told me about his daughter, and I said, Steve, this verse, Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, which we had already gone over. I said, let me give you the ending of that verse. It says, but the gift of god is eternal life through jesus christ our lord and i said steve at christmas when you get your daughter a gift and it's exactly what she needs and you've spent a lot of money on it and you're you're excited about her opening that gift and you bring it to her and you you put it and if she pulled out her purse and said dad what do i owe you for this what would you say? i said, "You'd say, say, you'd say, you, honey, you're misunderstanding. You could never afford this. This is something I got because I love you. This has nothing to do with you paying me back. This is something you need, something you want, something I paid for. And I said, Steve, eternal life is something very, very expensive. It costs Jesus his own life. He paid a very, very high price for it. But it comes to you free. The way you receive a gift, the way that you honor a gift is you receive it, you open it, and then you use that gift. And this is where assurance comes. You just receive that gift and open it up. And I said, uh, "Would you mind if I had a prayer for you right now?" He said, "Please." And I just prayed for him that before he went to bed that night, that he would open that gift, that he would ask Jesus to come in, that he would open up the door. And I just prayed for him. When I got done, he just took my hand. He said. Thank you. So he, said, he said, I'm going to look up, because I, I had the bridge all written out for him again. He said, I'm going to look up every one of these verses. What happened on that plane? What happened on that plane? Honestly, it had nothing to do with my desire to talk, to, to connect. I know, I, I just wanted to rest. God had a desire to connect and there are people all over, there's not a person you know that God doesn't want to connect with that got all kinds of wrong ideas of how this thing works the sin problem has been solved folks Jesus died to give us a gift called eternal life before this service is over If you've never received that gift, you're going to have a chance. Connection problems. So many of us have accepted Christ. We have made that connection. We have opened our heart and said yes to Jesus. We've received that gift. Yet, even though we're connected, it's kind of like a bad connection. (laughs) It's just, it's just not a full connection. It's kind of in and out. It's kind of like the cell phone that's got one bar. You're in, you've got connection, but it's a little, it's a little sketchy. S- songs about the love of God and, uh, uh, you know, I want more of your own love. I want to experience more. I want to have more of your love are kind of like, I don't even know what they're really talking about, but they're excited. Somebody's excited. Because the, the connection isn't full. full. Paul prays for the church at Ephesus. He says, this, for this reason, I'm praying to the Father. These are people that are already, already saved. They've already got a connection. He says, I'm praying to the Father that you will know the height, length, width, and depth of his love for you so that you can grow, being rooted and grounded in his love, that you can grow into the fullness of God. God wants us to have fullness. He wants us to have a strong connection with him that, that, that overflows everywhere we go. But there's a problem, and it's called brokenness. Luke 1, 17. It is, this is the angel Gabriel is speaking this to Zechariah. He says, It is he, John the Baptist, who will go as a forerunner before him, speaking of Jesus, in the spirit and power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the Father back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. He is going to turn the hearts of fathers toward their children so that they will be prepared to receive the Savior. Fathers, when their hearts are toward their children, it prepares their children to receive the love of God. That human love prepares us for divine love. that God took fathers and he said, you're going to have this human father and what you're going to know about him is that he is for you. He is for you. Everything in him is for you. It is unconditional love that whenever he brings a correction, you will never take it as rejection because you are so convinced of his love and it, that, that he is for you. that He would never say anything to you negative unless it was because he, it was out of his love to make you even better. The problem, of course, was that The hearts of the fathers were not towards their children, and so when we are not loved rightly by human beings, we get broken on the inside, and then we become resistant to the love of God when when we get we get broken when when our fathers only love us when we perform well for them, we get into this crazy pattern of brokenness where I always have to be good enough I always have to perform good enough i i'm, I'm, I'm always on eggshells, and when I have evidence that my father's heart is hard and not toward me but toward only himself or toward just sports or towards His hobbies or towards his work and that he's not really for me. Something gets broken inside of me and I can no longer easily connect with God's wonderful wonderful love. So this has happened with all of us. None of us have been loved perfectly. All of the, it's not just fathers, it's authorities. Any authority in your life, if they were doing what God wanted them to do, they would have loved you, their heart would have been toward you, they would have loved you unconditionally, and you would have known beyond a shadow of a doubt, they are for me 100%. Any correction is only because they want to make me better. For my sake, not for their sake. Not because I'm not good enough for them, but because they just want me to become all that I am supposed to be. So I, I uh, realized after I became a Christian, wanting more of a connection with God, I realized, okay, I'm carrying around some some stuff. My dad had his own wounds. My dad was raised one of nine kids. He was the oldest. His dad, his dad was an alcoholic. They were in. Horrible poverty through the depression And So dad himself Had a heart problem And so th- This is this is the problem With the human race How many have seen the cartoon The Grinch? Yeah. Let me help you with this You start out with The Grinch Grinch is nasty, he's mean He's cynical he's, he's mean to his dog He's got this really cool dog Max And he's just Anyway, and, 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 he, every, and he hates Christmas. Who hates Christmas? Are you kidding me? And then the narrator helps us understand. He's got a little x-ray machine. He puts it up to the Grinch's heart. It's like this guy, here's the problem. The problem is his heart is so small. Small. And we don't know how the Grinch got wounded. We don't know all that. But we know this. There's an explanation of why he is so nasty. He's got a very small heart. And the problem is, is when broken people are raising up other broken people, it, it multiplies brokenness. And that's a problem. So what do you do? Well, first, you own it. That's, once again, humility. Humility owns its own brokenness. It recognizes, oh, something's not working right in me. And then it... It, it traces it to the people that didn't love you rightly, the people that God put in your life to love you unconditionally, and it recognizes, oh, they didn't love me well. Oh, they didn't love me well. They didn't love me well. This is, this is why I struggled. This is why I got broken in the first place. And then what we do is we forgive them. We forgive the people that didn't love us the way God wanted them to love, and then we ask the Heavenly Father to heal that which is broken in us, to enlarge our heart, to say, "God, I, I, my heart's too small." Jesus, Jesus came to take out the heart of stone and put a new heart within us. Jesus said. No one comes to the Father except through me. Listen to John sixteen twenty six. In that day you will ask in my name. I am not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. Jesus is anticipating the wounds people have with the Father and he's, he can see it in his disciples. Oh yeah, I know what you guys are thinking. You're going to come to me and I'll go to the Father for you. No, that's not why I came. I came to take you to the Father. The Father loves you. You need the Father's love. The Father himself loves you. And in that day, you're going to ask him, and you're going, to, you're going to find out for yourself who he is and how much he loves you. So I'm on this youth retreat, and uh, the second afternoon, this is Friday afternoon, it's after lunch. And we're we're meeting together and we did a little thing about quiet times, and then one of the leaders said, I want to lead us through an exercise, one of the youth leaders. And she gets up and she said, Here's it's a prophetic exercise. And and she, she said, she said, I want you to write something to yourself from God. I want you to think of God's kindness, his love, who he is, his desire for you. And in that context, I want you to write uh, as if it's directly from God, I want you to imagine what God would speak to you. And so we all we all wrote, wrote, wrote something from God to ourselves. We kind of it's kind of like a prophetic word from from us to us. <laughs> okay, God God is saying I I love you. I'm delighted in you. I'm whatever whatever people put. And then she said, "Now we're going to do something different. We're going to think of a person in this room." And we want you to imagine what God might say to them. And, and, uh, but before we do that, I'm going to demonstrate this. I'm going to demonstrate how this works. And so she, she calls out a, a kid, and, and she just starts saying some things to him that, that she feels like would be something God would say to that kid. And then calls out another kid and calls out a third kid. And then she says, do any of the other leaders... Would any of the other leaders like to demonstrate this? Does any of the other leaders have a kid that they want to speak something to? I'm just sitting in the back. I'm not planning on doing anything. And all of a sudden, I have a a message. The night before, (laughs) the night before during worship, there was this one girl with, with purple hair on the side just dis, just disengage, and I felt like then God has something special for her. So here I am, I'm sitting here, and I get this message for the girl with the purple hair. Once again, that's, that I, I'm not my own. So I go up to the front, and I said, yeah, I said, I I actually have a, a message I'd like to give to this uh, this girl in the purple hair in the back there. And I said, "What's your name, honey?" And she she tells me her name. I said, "Well, let me tell you the word that uh, that I feel like God has for you." I said, "You know, when Samuel went to Jesse's house because one of his sons was to be the next king, Jesse." overlooked David. All of Jesse's sons were at the feast except for David. He had overlooked David. But I said, but, but God's eye was on David. And God's eye, honey, is on you. And he wants you to know that. Whatever has happened where you have felt overlooked, God wants you to know his eye is on you, and then I gave her Second Chronicles 6, 16, 9, that God's eyes look all over the earth, and, and he's looking for the one that he can reveal himself to with strength, and reveal himself to them, and, and through them, and that was, that was the word, I didn't think another thing of it, I went back, sat down, so that night, we're praying, and Friday night was kind of Holy Spirit, encounter the Holy Spirit night. And and so I'm praying for kids that wanna wanna get a drink of the Holy Spirit and God's God's touching these kids in dramatic ways. She comes up. There she is. Purple hair. No I just barely touch her, and the Spirit of God just comes on her and da-da-da. But once again, it was happening with everybody. I don't think another thing of it. And uh, never talk to her one-on-one at all. Sunday morning, go back, preach at Tom's church. Sunday night, preach at Tom's church. Monday morning, very early, we're going to the airport. And he says this to me. He says, there was a... He said, I had a mom come up to me today. (laughs) He said, uh, her daughter... um, He said, you might have noticed her. She's the one with purple hair. I said, yeah. (laughs) And her mom said uh, to me that she came to her on Sunday morning, and she said, Mom, something is different. I feel different. She said, my heart is at peace. And then Tom told me the story that, she was wild and, and, and agitated all the time. And there was nothing anybody could do for her. And it didn't matter how much her mom loved her, her mom couldn't do anything for her. And sending her on this retreat was just one more hope. And so I want you to come back to the Father in heaven he saw this girl she grew up in a single home there was no father she wasn't just overlooked she was forgotten but the father in heaven saw her and he spoke to her and he touched her and she got up on Sunday morning and she said something's different Something has changed. And friend, I want you to know that the Father's eye is on you. And I don't know who has overlooked you or who has rejected you. I don't know what your home was like. I don't know what your teachers were like. I don't know what atmosphere. I do know this. This is a very difficult country to grow up in right now. Let's close. If we could just bow our heads for a moment, close our eyes. I've got two groups of people I want to have a prayer for. The first one is, if you're here today and you don't know that you have any connection with God, that you have been maybe the reason why you're here is you've you've thought the way you connect with god is by going to church and being good enough and 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 as you have tried to make that connection you are very aware that whatever it takes you don't have it that that you're more than happy to say god i am a sinner and i need i need to be saved i need you jesus i need the connection that only you can make. Jesus says these words Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him. Friend, it is a gift but you, he will not force the gift on you. He knocks on the door. You have to open up. You have to say, I want that gift. You have to make a response to his love. And if that's you today, You are not sure you have a connection with God. You're not sure if you died, you'd go to heaven. You're not sure if your sins are forgiven. God wants you to have assurance today. You know today that he is knocking. It's not just a man talking. God is knocking. Maybe you don't even know how you know it, but you know God is knocking. And today, you want to open up your door. I have your heads bowed because this is between you and God, not you and your mom, you and uh, your spouse, you and anyone else. This is between you and God. The reason why I have you raise your hands is because somebody helped me open my door. Just a, a, a prayer. And so I like to help people. So if that's you, would you raise your hands right now? I see that hand over here. I see that hand in the back. I see this hand over here. God bless you. If that's you, Jesus is knocking. And today you want to, you want to open your heart. You want to engage that. Uh, anybody else? By upraised hand. Gotcha. God bless you. Just a few seconds more. Anybody else? Just raise your hand. Got you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You can put those down. I'd like everybody that raised their hand to just put your hand over your heart right now and pray something like this. It's, the power of this is not the words of the prayer. It's the promise that Jesus made. It's his desire and his love to connect. Pray just something like this. Lord, I thank you that you love me. I know I'm a sinner. I know I fall short of you on my own. But I believe you died on a cross. You paid the ultimate price to save me. Lord, you have sent your Holy Spirit, and you're knocking on my life right now. And, Lord, right now, by faith, I open up my heart and say, Jesus, come in. Come in and save me. Come in and connect with me. Come in. And I just receive that gift of eternal life. Be my Savior and be my Lord. I forsake self-righteousness and cling to the righteousness that you have provided for me. In Jesus' name, amen. And then could we stand to our feet and the worship team can come. The second group that I would like to pray. You're saved, but you've had trouble connecting. You've had trouble receiving more of God's love. You've had, you've had trouble, and and today God has... Has shown you brokenness in your own heart. We have so many ways of hiding our brokenness, guys. <laughs> we use work, we use hobbies, we use music, we use activity to hide our brokenness. But church is a place, this is a safe place. And in the, in the safety of this place, the Holy Spirit graciously has shown you you're broken. And maybe he's already shown you how you got broken. That what it was in your dad or lack of a dad or teacher or mom or s- that, that something got in you that just, it, that can, it can, you can never be corrected without it feeling like it's rejection. <laughs> And you had trouble letting God get really close to you, too close to you. And, and it's because something's got broken. Jesus is anointed, it says, to bind up the brokenhearted. So if that's you, would you just open your arms like this to the Lord for just a moment? Lord, we want to know and experience your love and Lord, in your, in your grace, you have pointed out our brokenness today and, and even why we're, we're broken. And, and uh, so, Lord, we think of every one of those fathers, moms, teachers, pastors that did not love us the way you wanted them to love us. We call it what it is, is sin, and then we forgive them. We forgive all of those that were not enough for us. All of those who had their own brokenness and their own story. And so they they didn't love, for whatever reason, they didn't love us right. And we choose to forgive them today. And then, Father, we're looking higher than them right now to you. Would you heal us, Jesus? Would you heal us? Would you bring us to the Father? Would you heal us so that we could receive the height and the length and the width and the depth of the love of God? Would you would you increase our capacity to receive love? Just like a gentle rain prepares ground to receive more rain. Would you would you Come, Holy Spirit, with your reign and just soften our hearts. Soften that which is hard and cynical and defensive. Soften that which is just waiting to be rejected, just waiting to have to defend itself. Would you just soften us right now? Everything that's made us cynical, would you rain on us right now? Prepare us for more of the Father's love. I'm going to ask the way we close the service today, if we could have fellowship out in the foyer. We're, going to, we're just going to have some worship up here. I'm going to open up the altars if you want to come to the altar. We're not going to have ministry teams today. This is you and God. God wants to love on you directly. So ministry teams might come up behind you and pray for you, but God wants to love on you today. And so I understand we got to pick up our children and um, people have to be places, but could we just allow the sanctuary to continue to just be a place of prayer and uh, quietly dismiss ourselves? Whenever, whenever you need to go. Amen.